0: Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Podcast, equipping people to live successful Christian lives. I tell you, this is a great year that God has given to us, and we're very excited about it as we start in our new series on Rudy today. But uh, before I get there, a couple uh, things I want announcements. Uh, Many of you know, a couple weeks ago, we were able to purchase the Clearbrook property. We purchased that cash. Thank you for giving and blessing, and you can continue to give. We're so thankful for that. You can continue to give to that. We'll let you know the details. We continue to move forward. But you know, we're just going to ask you just for a lot of prayer for that, God's direction and wisdom. Leading us forward in the property there in Clearbrook. We're very excited. And then also, as Pastor Mike said just a moment ago, our, our kids' ministry, that's uh, really in need of people coming along that hasn't, haven't served in that area uh, of ministry. How many of you grew up in the church and were a product of kids' ministry or Sunday school or something like that? Can I see your hand? So, a lot of you, just like our first service, have been a product of that. So, you see the difference that's made because you're here now and you're participating as an adult. And so I just want to encourage you to jump in and find that place of ministry. And our kids' ministry is doing an amazing job week in and week out. Stop by the table there before you go. Maybe just ask some questions. We'd love to have you just come and see what we do in our kids' ministry. Because as Mike said a moment ago, we have an amazing group of volunteers that make it happen each and every week. So we're so thankful for that A-team as well. Today we kick off 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're so excited about that. Every year we start that, that we get to focus our attention on Jesus Christ for the next 21 days. And uh, many of you may not know what fasting is, but uh, at our Info Central desks, we have a guideline, some papers there that will help you, Scripture verses that will help you understand what fasting really means biblically, and how you and I can take these next 21 days as a church together to pray and to fast and to believe God for greater things in through 2022. Amen. So join us in that. Uh, we're so as you came in, you saw a table there that was uh, had some dirt, potting soil, and cup. We had some seeds that were there, and our challenge is to you that this year you would plant some things in your life that would take root, and uh, we realize that in the physical world, you know, if you want something to take root, you got to plant a seed, right? Same thing goes for our spiritual walk in Christ. That we need to plant seeds inside of our life this year, right from the beginning of this year, so that we can establish a root system that can take us through and so that we can grow and become more like Christ. And so Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 7, here's our scripture verse and our theme verse for the year. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, Rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. That's a great couple of verses there, isn't it? So that is our prayer because it's God's prayer over us. So when we're praying this and living this, we're praying what God has already spoken over us. That our prayer is our theme for this year, that we would be rooted in Jesus And built up in him. Now, you can take an opportunity today or in the next month, because we're going to leave that table out there with the dirt, so you can plant a seed, so you can physically see growth happen inside of that little cup, that, that clear plastic cup that you have that you're going to receive, to see it grow up and sprout. And so my prayer is that for us as a church, that we would be rooted in Jesus this year and built up in him. That we would not be uprooted and swayed by the culture that we live in, but that as members of this church, we would be committed to the Lord in prayer, through his word, and with one another. That when difficult times come, hurts or misunderstandings take place in the body of Christ, you wouldn't pick up and transplant yourself to another church or another locale, but that you would stay rooted in Jesus. Amen? Would you pray those prayers with me? Would you pray Colossians chapter 2, 6 through 7 every day this year with us together? And I want to talk about being rooted in prayer today, but if I were to rewind and look at last year, 2021, that we see that countless people came to salvation in Jesus, people received water baptism. Freedom happened in people's lives from addictions. There was healing that took place inside of people's bodies. All of that took place because someone prayed. Someone led the way and prayed first. And I would say I would know that everybody in this room would say the same thing. We want to see God show up in greater ways this year. But the best way for that to happen is for you and I to begin to pray Begin to be in the word, have roots in the word, and have roots with one another. I want to look at Luke chapter 11 today, verse 1, and look at this in the next couple of verses there that we're going to look at today. Luke chapter uh, 11, verse 1, and it says, now Jesus was praying in a certain place. Can somebody say "Certain certain place? And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us of our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. What a, what a beautiful portion of Scripture. And as I look at this, and as we look today to help you plant a daily habit of prayer I believe God's word will help us, and Jesus wants to teach us how to pray. It's a day-by-day habit of rooting yourself in prayer with God, because what you plant daily determines what you become permanently. Practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes permanent. Today, I want you to lean in to this spiritual practice known as prayer, because that's what it is. It is a discipline. Are you actually praying or just talking about prayer? And you know, we as Christians many times are very notorious for talking more about prayer than really talking to God in prayer. Isn't that true? That, hey, uh, yeah, I'm gonna pray for you and then we never pray for them. But can I encourage you that when you're talking with somebody that, that right there and then if they need prayer, would you just pray for them if you can in that moment? Just take that moment and just pray and believe and pray the prayer of faith and join them and join your faith together with their faith in praying. So here's what I know about prayer. Prayer is simple in nature, but it it isn't always easy in practice. Just because something is simple, it it doesn't mean it's easy to practice. How about this? Till death do us part, that's pretty simple, but that's not going to be easy, right? Right? For richer or for, for poorer, simply, not always easy. Some of you are hoping for richer rather than poorer. <laughs> simple, but not always easy to put into practice. Prayer, by definition, is simply is just talking to God. It, it is that simple. That sounds simple, but for some reason, it's not always easy to practice, is it? It's difficult. When it comes to relationships, relationships live or die on communication, Isn't that true? There is or there isn't. You know, um, in a few weeks, Chris and I will be married coming up on 30 years together. And uh, I'm so thankful for my wonderful bride. And we, you know, I've told you before, we've gone to counseling before in our marriage. I've never met a counselor. No counselor has ever looked at me and said, John, what's wrong with you? Just talk to your wife. It's easy. That's never, ever been said to me. Instead, what they do is they try to diagnose my situation. They try to help me with my blind spots in the relationship with my wife. Then they try to give me practices or exercise to help enhance our communication. What if I told you today that you can learn to pray better? You can learn to pray better. You can establish roots of prayer in your life, and you can get better at prayer. That's a wonderful thing, isn't it? I'm sure there are people here listening today, whether you're here, you're joining us online as well, that you say, I don't even know how to pray. I don't know what prayer is. I don't even know why I should pray. But in this season that we find ourselves in as a country in the world, that we need to be people that are rooted in prayer, that we not only have the seeds of it, but that as it's planted, it will establish a root of prayer in us to have a foundation for our spiritual life. Prayer is oxygen to your soul, and you need that air to breathe and to live. You, Our spirits cannot live off of what this world has to give us. But prayer is that oxygen to our soul. Every plant needs oxygen to live, right? So it can breathe, so it can grow deep roots. Now more than ever, we need to be people that are rooted in prayer. Not just talking about it, but actually doing it day by day. You know, what's amazing to me about this passage of Luke chapter 11 is the disciples came to Jesus and said, hey, Jesus, can you teach us how to pray? And and Jesus doesn't respond, guys, it's simple, just talk to God. No, he actually, he, he begins to give them a practice to root themselves in a pattern on how they can pray daily. I believe that you and I can learn to pray better, and we can learn to pray stronger. If you're with me, say amen. I believe that today we can have a deeper revelation about prayer, and you can find yourself in this season not just surviving, but actually overcoming. Teach us, Lord, then how to pray. You start that by developing a root system of prayer. You know, when you and I are trying to master anything, a practice, you don't start with how. You start with the why, right? Why are we doing it? I think sometimes we jump right into the how of things, and we don't even know why we're doing it. So I'm going to give you three fundamental reasons why we pray, but with each of these items here, that you will get a practice on how you pray in that manner. Because what you plant daily determines what you become permanently. You learn a good habit the same way you learn a bad habit. How's that? By practice. Are you practicing prayer, or are you just talking about prayer? Three reasons why we need to be Rooted in prayer today. First one is prayer expresses trust in God. When we pray, our prayer is not just about us telling God what we need. In fact, Jesus clears this up in Matthew chapter six. He says, Your Father already knows what you need. Meaning, the very reason why we pray is not to declare what we need, but we pray to express trust in God first and foremost. When you come and we look at this topic of prayer, which is vast, That in the Bible, prayer over and over again is reinforced with this idea that we are to pray in faith. Well, what, what is that? Faith is this dependence. It's this belief in God that, God, I'm in need of you, not just for a moment in my life, but I actually need you daily, active in my life, working on my behalf. The first reason why I pray is because, God, I actually trust in you that that's why I can pray to you. I love what A.W. Tozer said about this. Trust God in the dark until the light returns. Anybody feel like right now you're going through a dark moment, a dark season, a dark time? Anybody have maybe a slight crisis of your faith that's taking place today, or maybe you're doubting your faith. You're wondering, God, where are you? Let me tell you that right now in this moment that God is forming you he is shaping you he's developing you in this season that if you'll just root yourself in prayer that you will see the outgrowth of that throughout this next year don't doubt, doubt in the dark what he's promised you in the light right and if it's dark right now i just want to encourage you to keep praying because light is on its way you don't want a seed is buried under the soil it's dark for a long time before you see any roots develop that's the same thing that happens with our life together in Christ, that there are seeds going in that we don't see the evidence of with our own eyes at first. It's going to take time. It's going to take the daily habit, the daily practice of putting it on and putting it into our life. We know that we all stumble in the dark. We've all been in a place where the lights have gone out. Darkness happens. You're trying to feel your way through it. And if you're in that moment of darkness right now, you need to practice waiting on him. When you're stressed out, if you're stressed today, wait on him. When you're in doubt, if you're doubting God today, wait on him. If you're angry today, wait on him. When someone posts something on Instagram that you don't like, just go off on them. No, no, no. You should wait. (laughs) No, you should wait. And when you wait, pray, because when you pray, you express trust in God. It's amazing that Jesus, our Savior, loves us enough to teach us about prayer, isn't it? Not just, hey, go do it. No, it's our Father who's in heaven. And when when Jesus begins to teach us about prayer, he's he's our teacher, he's our rabbi, he says, you're to come to God like a father, and you are a child. That's total dependence upon him, that every time I go to God in prayer, what I'm doing is I'm coming before God with faith, saying, God, I need your wisdom, I need your power, I need your love, I need your wisdom, because he is a God who loves us. He cares about us, and when I get down on my knees and pray, I'm showing God I trust in you i'm dependent upon you i am your child and you are my father and let me tell you something prayer is a discipline but it's more than that prayer comes about more than just having a discipline it comes because we have desperation because we need god to show up amen it is a discipline but it comes through desperation of our hearts And god i need for you to come and i need for you to show up on my behalf in this circumstance And in this situation, that every time I go to God in prayer, I'm coming to him in faith. God, I need you. Prayer is simple, but the practice is at times not always that easy. But just because it's not easy doesn't mean that you and I should complicate it. I think so many times in our life we've complicated spiritual things, don't you? I mean, you got to do this right and this right and this right so people back away from it and they don't even do spiritual practices because they think they will be a failure long before they try it, right? And we shouldn't complicate prayer because it is simply talking with God. There, there's a world out there that maybe doesn't understand that many, they're missing a dad or they're missing a parent and so they read these words and they don't understand it because they've never had a good parent. So, But but when you have a good father or a good mother, naturally the correlation begins to make so much sense because you realize a good father meets the needs of their children all the time. You ever notice when a child has a good father, they're confident about where their next meal is coming from? You ever notice that? That they're not sitting there worried. Because why? Because they have a good father already. That's already taking care of them. That's already met their needs in the past. Every parent understands this. What's interesting is before your child comes to you and me and asks for food, you already know that they want to eat already. Why? Because you're a good parent. You're a good mom. You're a good dad. And you know that your child is 100% reliant and dependent upon you. That, yeah, your infant, they're not able to find their next meal on their own, but they're relying on you for their next meal as their parent. Jesus is like, let me teach you about prayer. This is the daily habit. You have to come to God like a good father, and you are to show your trust in him, that he loves you, and that he has great plans for you. And then he says, well, yes, it comes by saying our father, because that's what it is, but hallowed is your name. That's the prayer of adoration. It's worship. Adoration means you're agreeing with who God is already. Lord, I adore you, but your word has already said who you are, and I'm just coming in agreement with your word. So, Father, I adore you, and I love you. By the time you get to the end of this chapter, Jesus leans into this metaphor for the entire teaching that God is a good Father, and we are his children. And when I pray, the first reason why I pray is I express my trust in you, That your heavenly father always has your best interest in mind. You ever realize that? You know, when our kids were younger and growing up, and they would come and ask us to have something to eat, we didn't always say yes to them. Right, parents? Right, because it's going to ruin their appetite or whatever it may be. Listen, we need to be people that learn to trust God enough that when he says no, it's because he has something better in store for us. Amen? He knows what you need. Oh, I want God to say yes to all my prayer requests too, but it doesn't happen, right? No, because why? Well, he knows what's next and what is yet to come because he is my good, good father. He is my good father in heaven. Listen, you need to understand this, that God has his best plans for you. He has his best plans. We need to learn, trust God that When he says, no, something better is yet to come. God has the best plan. You don't want just a good job. You want the best job, don't you? You don't want a good marriage. You want the best marriage. You don't want good friends. You want the best friends in your life. When you pray daily, you put and plant trust into your life with God. I am a child, and I need God to show up at this moment. Number two, prayer deepens the root of fellowship with God. It deepens that root. This is so vital that all relationships, simply put, without communication, they cease to exist. You don't have a relationship if you're not actually communicating. Following Jesus is not a weekend high. It's about a daily habit that you and I are called to cultivate. It's not a Sunday thing. It's an everyday kind of thing. That needs to be cultivated in our life. Isn't that true? So that you just don't have to come on Sunday morning. And rely on a word from the Lord. And then you have to wait another seven days. To receive another word from the Lord. But daily you are in communication with him. So that when you come on Sunday morning. Your life is already filled full of the word of the Lord throughout the week to carry you through. Love communicates. Love stays in conversation. Love keeps talking. Love doesn't cancel. Love doesn't quit. Love doesn't give up because love never fails. Are you with me, amen? Where there is no communication, there's no community. We we need to pray that when it comes... To God, that we actually know that it is deepening our fellowship with the Father in heaven. It's, it's deepening. God, I want you. I love you. Therefore, I pray. So listen, if you only pray when you have a problem, baby, you have a problem. Right? God is not a pinata and prayer is not a stick. We actually have to come to him and develop a relationship. Your heavenly father, every single day, every hour, every minute is waiting to talk with you and you can do that. Listen, if God didn't forget to wake you up today, I don't think you should forget to pray today. I don't think that we should be too busy to pray because you can do it all throughout the day. Don't become too busy to pray. That's why we've made our Wednesday night uh, prayer gatherings a priority. Last year, we started this as we do it from 6.30 to 7.30 every Wednesday night. You know, we've had about 25 to as high as 30, a little over people that have come to pray. And that's about 2% of this church is coming out. I want to challenge us from the very outset of this year that that you would make prayer a priority. And there's just nothing like being able to come and gather and pray together from 6.30 to 7.30 as a church family every Wednesday night. If you ask any pastor in the world, there's a lot of pastors in the room, If you ask any pastor in the world, what is the least attended meeting? It's the prayer meeting in America. And we wonder why we're anemic as a church. I love you, but that's the truth. Because so many other things have gotten in the way, right? That, you know, I encourage our people on Wednesday night. I say, "What what would happen if this room was full on Wednesday night of people that are praying and crying out to God? Remember, more than a discipline, prayer is desperation, that God, we need you. We are desperately in need of you. Some of you are like, I can't, I travel. I mean, hey, while you're traveling, 6.30 to 7.30, pray. You know, if you physically can't be here, then take the time and pray and be here with us in spirit. You may, well, how do I deepen this? How deepen my relationship, my roots of fellowship? You know, as we're in this 21 days of prayer and fasting starting today, I'm excited about the year ahead. Yeah, you and I don't know the end, what's gonna happen throughout the year, all of that, but I'm excited, it's 21 days, you and I get to deepen our fellowship with the Father in heaven. That you and I, through these next 21 days, we're believing God to show up in incredible ways beyond these 21 days, that that every day, we just wanna encourage you, get into our church app, at the bottom, there's praying hands, you can click on that, as you go to that, it'll take you to the next screen, which you'll see on that 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's a devotional. Let's just do this together. Then we're praying and we're going through this together, and I just want to encourage you that we would just be in step with that and just encourage one another and and praying together throughout this next year. There are are lots of different forms of prayer that you and I could, could lean into. One is called contemplative prayer, but Contemplative prayer is an amazing way to pray. It's the most disciplined kind of prayer because it's simply when you just get silent with God and you listen. You know, it's contemplative. You ever notice in our social gatherings we hate silence? Isn't that true? Anything goes silent for any length of time, it's really weird and awkward, right? That's why most of us, we get on the elevator, it's really weird, right? It's really awkward, because everybody's quiet for the most part, right? Everybody's just looking at each other. They're looking at the ground. They're waiting for their, you know, their, their door to open to their, their uh, level, and they're to get off. But it is so important you realize that, that having silence, we don't like silence. I mean, it'd be pretty awkward after every point if I just paused for three minutes and it was silent, and I'm looking at you, and you're looking at me. You'd be like, this is weird. I've never come back to this church, <laughs> right? But how many of you know when it comes to the people you're closest with, silence isn't that bad. The people that you really love, when it comes to Kristen, we can sit in the same room for an hour and nothing is said, but her very presence is communication. So often with God in this topic of prayer, it's about what you pray or are supposed to say, and we overcomplicate the whole thing. And as much as we like to talk, we should be listening. Because Matthew 4.4, man does not live on bread alone, but on every what word that comes from the mouth of God. He's saying God wants to speak to you every day in that you can get a word from God every single day, not just on Sunday. But God has a daily word the daily bread, he's not talking about physical food here. He's talking about a spiritual food that you and I need to live. And often in contemplative prayer, what will happen is it will leave you with a sense of God before you even get a sentence from God. Prayer is about a moment with God, not a monologue from God, right? Are you going to just talk to him and that's it. Have you spent time? Have you paused? Have you waited God, I haven't come to ask you for anything. I've just come to be with you. It always amazes me that parents, parents understand what their toddler is saying when nobody else can. <laughs> How many of you are with me? You know what I'm saying? They're mumbling things and the person, you know, they're like, I don't know what they're saying, but the parent can translate it word for word. Yeah, Right? They understand the meaning behind the partial words, the grunts, and all of that. You don't have to have an extensive vocabulary to talk to God. You know that? You don't have to have this large understanding of God's word to speak with him. Just do it, right? God the Father whose name is hallowed, that's sacred, that's big, that's set apart. He also understands your groanings. He understands your grunts, your partial words. He wants daily moments with you, that your fellowship can be so deep with him that it takes you through Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and right on through your week. But when I'm praying, I'm expressing trust in God. But lastly, prayer allows collaboration with God, which is amazing. From the beginning of the Bible, what you discover over and over again is God always has wanted to collaborate with his people because he loves us. When he created Adam and Eve in the garden, he wanted fellowship with humanity. He wanted them to be dependent upon him, but he also gave Adam a mission and he gave Adam a job, meaning he wanted to get his will accomplished on the earth through mankind. And this is what Jesus teaches us in Luke 11. Yeah, he talks about your kingdom. Another portion of scripture, your kingdom come, your will be done. What are you to pray? We are to pray God's will on the earth, and God activates his will through you and me. That's how he activates it, you and me. See, the purpose of prayer is is, is not to get man's will done in heaven, but to get God's will done on earth. The 19th century Princeton theologian A.A. Hodge said it this way, does God know the day you'll die? Yes. Has he appointed that day? Yes. Can you do anything to change that day? No. Then why do you eat? To live. What happens if you don't eat? You die. Then if you don't eat and die, then would that be the day that God appointed you to die? And he goes on to say, quit asking stupid questions and just eat. He says, eating is the preordained way God has for living. Quit asking stupid questions and just pray. And And the prayers that are heard by heaven are the ones that started in heaven first. Pray those prayers. That's what we pray. God, I want to activate your will, and I want to see your kingdom come upon this earth. And as you read the book, of the word of the Lord as you study church history is so fascinating that the men and women of God in the Bible, they actually believe that their prayer changed things. And sometimes that's so different from the world that we live and sometimes we don't really believe that they're gonna change anything. But our prayers in alignment with God's word, they do change things and they will change things and we need to be people of faith to really trust God that he is changing things. God was moved by their prayers. John Wesley Said, he said, God does nothing but an answer to prayer. That everything that has happened, it happened because somebody else prayed. Because somebody stood in the gap and they believed in prayed. Matter of fact, James, the brother of Jesus said in James chapter 4, this, you do not have because you do not ask God for it. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. What's he saying? He's saying the reason you don't receive is because you ask with a corrupted heart. It's not in alignment with God's word. Meaning there is a way to ask wrongly and there's a way to ask rightly. And so in order to ask rightly, it requires your passion that it would change and it requires your heart to change as well. Meaning you have to desire what God desires. What his will is, I want my will to be. You, you have to love what he loves. To pray rightly is to change. To follow Jesus is a commitment to a lifetime of change through your daily habits of being rooted in him. So if you're not if you if you're not changing, you're probably not praying. Because prayer changes us. I realize that when I pray, prayer changes me. I feel it. How about you? No, I feel it inside whether anybody can see it or not, whether I can, I can feel it inside, it changes me internally. It changes who I am because I'm in fellowship with the Father. It changes my desires and it changes my will so that they're in alignment with His. So to follow Jesus is a commitment to a lifetime of change. The soil in my heart is changing. The soil, it's changing. It's transforming. We need to change our priorities and our direction from the beginning of this year. So many times, you know, we're okay with a one-time change in our life. You know, we're okay with that one and done, and we're, we're good now. But repentance in the Old Testament is about changing your direction. In the New Testament, it's not only changing your direction. It's about changing your mind as well. It's a change of mind not just where I'm headed, but my mind is changing too. That's where it's gotten. I want my mind to be renewed more than just when I was younger doing a lot of stupid things, but I want God to continually progressively change my mind so that why I can be more like him to pray rightly is to change. If you're not changing, it could be because you're not praying. John writes these things. He says. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have toward Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Come to Him boldly. Collaborate with Him daily. And when you're doing that, you're in tandem with Him. You're intertwined with Him. And you execute His will upon the earth. Charles Spurgeon said this, whether we like it or not, asking is the rule of the kingdom. Asking is the rule of the kingdom. That's it. Ask. Ask. Pray. So vital for our spiritual walk in Him. When we pray, things change. Get a daily word from God. You need to call His will down upon the earth. So the prayer of adoration is agreeing with who God is while the prayer of of intercession is agreeing to what God has promised to do how, how, how do you pray and collaborate with God it's called prayer prayer of intercession is how, how, how do I express trust with God? The prayer of adoration prayer of intercession is collaborating. Intercession is the idea of standing in the gap for others. And I'm activating my faith and I will be the bridge to see his kingdom come and his will be done. How do you deepen fellowship with God? Contemplative prayer. You're just going to sit in his presence. You're you're just going to sit in silence and God, I'm not here to ask you anything. I'm just sitting in your presence because I love you. I didn't come to petition you at this moment. I came to just spend time with you, Father. And when I pray, how do we pray? In the authority of Jesus. How do we pray our prayers? In Jesus' name. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. He says in John 14, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Praying in Jesus' name is the prayer that he has already authorized in heaven. He's already authorized it. Now I'm just going to come and pray in Jesus' name. Lord, and I thank you that it is done in heaven and it is done on the earth because you've already authorized it. Father, help us this year to plant daily the habit of prayer. Lord to deepen our root system inside of you. To hear from you, Lord. Lord, just to spend time with you. You want to spend time with us. We're totally dependent upon you, Lord. You're a good father. Help us to stop worrying about other things when we think you, we, we when sometimes we don't think you are a good father. You're a good father. You've always provided the next meal for us. Such a good Father in heaven. A good Father. That you take care of every one of our needs. That Lord, as we come and we establish this daily root of prayer in our hearts that we would, we would come because prayer expresses trust in you. Prayer deepens our fellowship with you. Prayer helps us collaborate with you activate your word upon this earth teach us how to pray lord none of us have arrived teach us how to pray today teach us lord no matter where we're at no matter what we're doing that we can pray to you heavenly father because you love us and care about us in jesus name i pray and everyone said amen and amen Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to get in touch or would like more resources on how to live a successful Christian life, you can always find us at myabundantlife.com. Have a blessed week.